Hey everyone, welcome to Knickknack Nerd. I'm Greg Burlett, and I'm here with my friend Anthony Keelan. And today we are talking about the wonderful world of microcontrollers. We're talking about Arduinos, Raspberry Pis, not that kind of pie, a little bit less tasty. And uh, talking about sensors and uh, breadboards and all the different things that you can do with these little mini computers. Um, I guess I guess we should probably start off with talking about what a microcontroller is. First, do you wanna you wanna explain it just really? Yeah, sure. Briefly? But first, I think I, I need to ask you a question, Greg. How much do you know about microcontrollers? Okay. I back in my undergrad, I was forced um, to program QuickSort, which is a, a sorting algorithm, on a Motorola 68K microprocessor. Uh, it was the least amount of fun I've ever had in the field of computing science. Um, so I am intimately familiar with uh, with registers and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, of course, I've forgotten it all because <laughs> I never use it now. And uh, but it seems like every single different kind of microcontroller is uh, is different. Um, so I basically only know how to use that one. And I would say I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, I know what a Raspberry Pi is, and I know what an Arduino is, and I've played around with them a little bit, and we've played around with them a little bit last weekend. We had a little hack day, which was pretty fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but I, I really don't know too much about it. I think you probably know a little bit more about it. See, you'd be surprised because I actually feel like I know basically nothing <laughs> about microcontrollers. <laughs> Um, you know, Anto, for, for two guys that know absolutely nothing about microcontrollers, we programmed something pretty cool uh, last weekend. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, uh, we're like bad golfers. We just swing at it until it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, uh, but, but, it's like randomly calling function calls until you get what you need. Yeah, like uh, I think uh, a lot of the the hobbyist and DIY focused microcontrollers, like the Arduinos and the Pies, are uh, at least from a uh, starting point, like pretty easy to get into. So that's why uh, you know we're able to kind of brute force our way in and just kind of plug away and, and get yeah, something I mean, going relatively quickly. At at the end of the day, they sell microprocessor packs so little arduinos little, little mini computers and and kits of sensors to children to learn how to program so and full grown adults help us if we can and, and full grown <laughs> adults so we should be able to put something together in a weekend <laughs> and, and we did it would also be pretty it was sad actually only a did. couple hours right so i think uh i think it was pretty successful yeah and uh, well, there was some beer drinking in there too which probably slowed down, you know, the process. And we had to go to Home Depot. You always have to go to Home Depot, even if you're doing computer shit. Yeah, we're not sponsored by Home Depot either. Unless they would like to. It just has all the things that we need, (laughs) unless they would like to. Um, Hey, so why don't you give... uh, So um, a microcontroller is basically... You think of it as just a miniature computer. It it has all the things that... uh, a normal computer it has most have. of the things it's just right like very, very not small. all the things yeah yeah not all not all of the things but it, it has uh like for example the the raspberry pi is it the four the raspberry pi the, the raspberry pi three and four are are both like essentially very miniaturized computers yeah so if you think of um austin powers 
with Doctor Evil, that would be the your main gaming rig, your 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 big computer, and Mini Me would be like the Raspberry Pi. You know, it's got all the things that Doctor Evil has. It's still the right amount of evil. It's just in a smaller package. Smaller package and a little bit quirky. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, just a little bit. So it's got. It's had. It, how many USB ports does it have? I think it has at least two for I think sure. On the might have four, on the Raspberry sure. Pi four and three, I think there are four USB ports. On the Raspberry Pi Zero, mm-hmm. there are two. Oh, and so yeah, it's got a USB. Uh, I don't think it has an Ethernet plug-in. I think it only has Wi-Fi no, it, it has, um, uh, on board. So the Raspberry 3 and 4 both have uh, like Ethernet chips, so they have a plug-in for that. Oh, do they? Yep. The Zero does not. I have to look at my Raspberry Pi. <laughs> um, it has Bluetooth for sure because I hook up yep. my it has PlayStation Bluetooth. controllers to it. Because um, I turned my, uh, my Raspberry Pi into a RetroPie. So it's doing the uh, basically an SNES, NES, Sega Genesis um, uh, emulator on board, and then you load up the ROMs and you can play basically any SNES game that was ever released, which is amazing. In this cool. tiny little computer, it's it's so cool. I guess that's a pretty good summary of like what a Raspberry Pi is. But um, as you go down the the scale of is less like a computer. You you start hitting uh, things like the Arduino, which the base like so the Arduino Uno, which I think is like the one of the most popular Arduino boards. It doesn't have Wi-Fi. It doesn't have a network chip at all. Um, it's it's got a bunch of I/O pins, got a bunch of analog input pins, uh, and a USB connector to upload the firmware. So it's it's more closer to the uh, to the bare machine than the Raspberry Pi is. Yeah, so it has um, yeah basically pins where you would shoot wires out of or into. Like it, it's it's kind of or what's into that? or 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 into. That's right. It's got ins and outs. Um, so basically, the way it works is everyone knows that computers are you know operate off of binary, so like zeros and ones, right? So if you are connecting um, a wire off of a data pin, for example, you basically set a voltage level that goes through the wire and anything below a certain amount of voltage uh, is treated as a zero and anything at a certain voltage level is treated as a one. And that ha- that's how it, it essentially encodes uh, binary uh, for you to work with. Um, so basically there's... Um, there's lots of things that you can do with this. Uh, you have to hook it up to your USB drive. Um, so the Arduino itself we're talking about. Um, the Raspberry Pi has a, a wall adapter that you can plug in, and that provides it power. Um, the Arduino might, the Uno? It, it has a barrel, we con- were plugging it has a barrel connector to, to plug into the wall, but to program it, you need to connect over a USB. Right. And the USB can also provide it power. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what we were doing. So basically, you you write a little script um, that sends data through the data pins, and the USB uh, connection also powers the little microcontroller. 
Um, and it's written in so everything is written in C, C plus plus. Yep. Um, are the in the Arduino, but there's a ton of scaffolding code and libraries where you don't really need to be a hardcore C, C plus plus programmer to use it. Yeah, definitely to get something um, basic a lot of going, it, you don't have to know a lot. But if you uh, no, no, not you, at all. You can definitely go down the rabbit hole and make something where you definitely do, but you don't have to to get going. Um, like there's lots of the common um, electronics that you can go, can buy come with or have uh, libraries that the Arduino has to know how to interface with those uh, pieces of equipment. Yeah, and and it has a whole bunch of variables already set up um, that let you reference certain pins. Yeah, uh, that you're connecting wires to. Um, so I would say it's extremely user-friendly to pick up. Uh, like we got up and running just from watching, I think we watched two U- uh, YouTube videos. And, that was and it. And like we watched like probably a minute of each of them just to get like the the yeah. gems out of them that we were looking for. Exactly. And then we started, we got a little bit crazy because um, should we get into our project now? I think we should. Sure, why not? tell people what we were doing so uh we started off with um so basically in this kit is a whole bunch of sensors right and then you get the arduino and we saw this uh fan and uh first thing that we thought was you know can it fly something fly can the fan fly fly? so it was a a rotary motor just hooked up to a pretty crappy fan like it was yeah it was just a just a dc motor it's a DC motor with, uh, you know, a, a flimsy piece of plastic on the end, basically. And uh, that thing could yeah. not spin fast enough to fly. There was no way it was happening. No, not at all. Basically zero air coming off that thing. Yeah. The motor itself was actually quite heavy. And the fan itself was light. Uh, but it was, it was uh, too light to do anything. Um, and then we kind of thought about... So we actually fed it power, and it, it just couldn't do anything. Um, and in fact, uh, I was holding the, the motor, and the, the fan blades were <laughs> slicing my hands, and it didn't even matter because it was so flimsy. But then again, this is sold to children, right? And, and it, You probably and want something that, that's not going to hurt them when they put their hand in the fan yeah. blade. Yeah, or, or me holding a fan <laughs> blade. <laughs> uh, so then we kind of scratched the idea of making a drone. Uh, I think we looked around and we saw that people were making drones you, out of you it, can. but not with and uh, like not with that fan, not with that fan or that that motor, and, and certainly not with just one motor and fan. That's not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I I think. Well, yeah, we were talking about helicopters, right? And you need the the one, uh, you know, the the big spinny one, the big, for the lift, big rotor, and, then you need, and the stabilization rotor. You need them both. Thank you. Um, yeah, you need them both. So I think you at least need two, right? But usually the quadcopters are... No, drones usually have two, right? Well, most drones are, and are there's quadcopters, also quadcopters, at least. There's some ones yeah. with up to six or eight uh, yeah. as well. Uh, it just makes them more easy to control for people that don't spend hours and hours and hours and hours uh, trying to fly these things. And a lot yeah, easier for a computer to a, balance too, I think. Yeah, it makes them a little bit more robust, right? Like if you tweak uh, one fan to go in a certain direction, you still have a good stable base mm-hmm. uh, of lift just pushing it up versus if you have 
you know, two blades. If you make a minor change, it could just go spiraling out of control, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Um, yeah. So then we were we, we were talking about, um, you know, do we three D print blades? What do we What do we do? Kazanto uh, has a three D printer, right? So we were kind of thinking about that, and I think that that's something that I think we eventually want to. I think do. we're gonna do that. I think we're gonna we do need that. To ma- we need to do um, a little bit of research first to to figure out you know what motors are gonna be best, but we're gonna build our own janky. No research. Our own janky as hell no drone. We're just for parts. We're we not researching just... anything else. Everything else is gonna yeah. be done in house by us, and maybe it flies. Maybe it just runs into walls. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But it would be really cool to make a an automatic stabilizer for it, so that uh, oh, you know, we it, will definitely it maintains level, that. and I think it'd be really cool. So that's that's what we wanted to do, um, and then we realized that we just didn't have the parts, and we're gonna have to order in some blades and stuff like that. And I think we'll probably three D print the the chassis to the the quadcopter. I think so. Um, and we can. We were talking about just doing trusses, um, so that it's nice and light. And the plastic itself is pretty light, so I think it should be okay. Yeah, I think it'll be. We'll just put just enough on it to, uh, you know, carry the things it needs to carry, like the board and the battery. Yeah. And other. Are, are we gonna have a little payload on it? Like, is it gonna be moving around stuff? First step, make it go. Next step. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> make it go with stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah, my I, I told you about my my grad school supervisor's uh, four rule, right, for programming. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell that you about that good. on the weekend? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, make it make it compile, make it produce output, then make it produce correct output, then make it run fast, and that has always stuck with me as such sound advice for like anything related to tech or computing science or anything yeah, like that I, even with anything so good it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole of make it perfect and then it's just never done mm-hmm. totally yeah i think it's just super sound advice um yeah so then what we ended up doing was we found a uh an ultrasonic sensor which is kind of like uh echolocation right like what bats use essentially yeah. um so shoot out yeah, shoot a little sound wave um, that's ultrasonic, so uh, a little bit above the frequencies that, that we hear. And uh, and then basically it bounces off uh, something in the environment and shoots back to the sensor. And then you basically measure the time uh, it takes for the sound wave to return. And it can measure how far away objects are, which is pretty cool. Um, so when I saw that, I immediately thought of a, a theremin, which is this really old school instrument from, I think around 1910 uh, is when it was created. And uh, if you haven't seen this instrument before, go on YouTube and go look up a video I, of someone playing I theremin. I guarantee you've heard it before. If you've ever seen the original Star Trek series at all, all the intro music yeah. and everything is done with the theremin. So that kind of like aloof spacey noise is is done yeah. with the theremin and and so like their their implementation of the theremin is a little bit more complex than ours a little bit more robust yeah. works on magnetic field as opposed to totally. echolocation so uh <laughs> which is completely crazy to think about that they were doing this in like 1910 it's crazy yeah, yeah they had it's no so ar- cool. there was no arduino 
There was no Arduino back no. then. So this was completely analog, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we had this um, this sensor. Um, so with the with the theremin, basically, there's uh, two sensors on it. One where you move your hand, one hand vertically, and that controls the volume of the instrument. And one where you uh, move your hand along uh, a long rod, and that measures the uh, frequency um of of the pitch that's being produced um so essentially it's kind of like how far away your hand is um on the y-axis so it's kind of like the same thing as uh as uh the ultrasonic sensor right like how far away you're you're moving your hand pretty similar but here's where we ran into the first first issue we only had one sensor yeah that's right (laughs) well so we we, we had to make uh, a hard decision to the volume do we do we just do a volume control or do we do pitch control? <laughs> we chose pitch. It seemed more um, fun. <laughs> it seemed more fun than just controlling volume. Um, yeah, so we uh, basically set up a ruler on the table, and then uh, so we could measure how far away our hand was, and we rigged it up on a breadboard. Um, I guess we should describe what a breadboard is. You want to go into a breadboard? Yeah, sure. Like a, a breadboard is just uh, a you know a a quick way to prototype a circuit. So it's got um, a grid of holes in it, um, and they're either connected along horizontally or connected vertically, depending on where they are on the board. And then you can plug components in there and easily like put them together with little little jumper wires so you're not soldering everything together and making a big mess for something that may not even work. Hmm. And the, the first time you do it, it probably won't work. That's what we found out. Probably not. Actually, we, we, did, we actually did pretty yeah, well. Yeah, we got... Uh, I gotta say, we did, we did not We bad. got the sensor working at the start. It's once we added the speaker where, where we ran into some issues. And So the, the Arduino Uno kit does not come with a speaker. Uh, it comes with a mic, right? Uh... No. Is that true? I don't think so. Yeah. Not the one I had. So but, but we had still this, had both of those. Old, uh, because I, yeah. you know, a couple weeks ago, I had this old Alienware laptop from, oh man, it must be like 15 years ago now. And <laughs> I took it apart completely and, and gutted it for parts. And some of the parts I took out of there were the speakers and the microphone. So we found a use for the speakers on the That's weekend. Right became the theremin speakers um and part of the cool part about the speakers was we had no idea because everything in the in the uno set that you buy probably not gonna kill it if you hook it up to the the five volt uh power output of the arduino right and they all Um, have except we did we did break that's right yeah so you kind of can't go into can't get into a situation where you're gonna blow something up um we did blow up an led which would rest in peace LED. That was kind of rest in peace. Um, that was kind of unexpected, actually. I just kind of thought that anything we would shove in power would be okay, but I, I guess not. Yeah, I guess I, that's why they give you like fifty of them. Yeah, so like for for the LEDs, just for uh, some some knowledge, you can't run them straight five volts with no resistor at all, or or they don't work. Well, they do work, but then yeah. they stop working very quickly, and they go they very make a quickly. popping yeah, noise. We, yeah, we, we hooked it up to a potentiometer, which is basically just like a, a rotary knob that uh, controls the basically the power output on the other yeah, end. Yeah, it's a variable and resistor. We turned it all the way. 
Yeah, we turned it all the way up and uh, just fried it, which uh, was pretty fun. It, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It smelled, smelled like burning electronics. Yep. It's the, it's that's the, what you want to smell. That's what you want to smell when you're <laughs> doing a project for the first time. You need to smell that. That's right. Well, at least we didn't blow the speakers. So actually, um, we we plugged in the speaker and we were kind of playing around with, with sending it tones um, using the C code. And uh, it was quite a bit louder than I thought it was going to be because we read online that, you know, just plugging in any old speaker doesn't really produce a loud sound at all just because of, you know, how low power the Arduino is. Um, and that was true, but it, it, it was decently loud. Um, so then we ended up uh, doing the calculations um, from some like electronics board, figuring out the uh, the ohmage of the speaker and the power output in watts, and uh, you know figuring out you know how much how much power can we actually feed this thing um, to make it super loud. And then uh, Anto found some random old phone adapter from like a Motorola phone uh, that plugs into the wall and just said, use this. And I immediately got scared. <laughs> yeah. So, so we cut off the end, plug, stripped them down, plugged them into the breadboard. Um, we looked at the, the, the ratings on, on the side of it and they matched up with what we were looking for, but we just went for it and plugged it in and, and, uh, but before that we tried to use a nine volt battery, uh, and it didn't work. We were wondering like, what are we doing wrong? Is our circuit messed up? Um, because we we were using a, a transistor to amplify, it and we didn't know what a transistor was. We're a bunch of idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing it around. It's it's not working. We we think we've got everything right. A bunch all the like circuit diagrams we've looked at have it set up how we have it set up, and then uh, like this was a brand new nine volt battery took out of the wrap, um, and it wasn't working. So Greg and in his infinite wisdom was like, I'm just gonna lick it. <laughs> that's what you do with nine volt batteries so, so greg licks it lick them and uh and nothing happens and so we have to think well maybe the battery is just dead so we take the battery out of there we cut the ends off this off this uh little wall wart little five volt wall wart and we plug it into our uh our breadboard and and our speaker just starts working yeah it was pretty incredible actually like and and working as in like real loud, like so loud we had um, to like to turn where, it down. Yeah, well, we had to turn it off. Actually, <laughs> that's right. Have, we had no we means of turning it off for it <laughs> because uh, you know we we weren't at that stage of pro. We didn't even put a switch in, so we literally had no. to unplug it to make it stop. Yeah, because some of the high pitch stuff was pretty high pitched, very high pitched, very. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so then we were, were playing around with, um, you know, moving our hand uh, further away from the sensor. And then basically the further away you got from the sensor, the higher pitched the sound from the speaker got. Um, right. So there was a little bit, of, if, little bit of code we had to put in there to make that happen, but not much. It was yeah. like four lines. Very easy. Yeah, it wasn't even, wasn't too bad in terms of coding. No. Um, we got a little bit. Uh, more fancy at the end of the night there um, where we were kind of you know snapping to um, pitches of notes on a on a keyboard so like on an actual piano which was pretty cool mm -hmm. um, but even then it really didn't take that much 
time to do. Like you had that programmed in like five minutes. Yeah, it was it was pretty straightforward. We weren't doing a lot. No. Like like I said, I don't but I, feel- I don't know C or C plus plus very well at all. Like very rudimentary level, and and I could yeah. do it. So I, I'm certain a lot of people could get just as far or farther very easily. Yeah. Well, I felt pretty accomplished after after what we did, even though. Yeah, like it, it's it's not a a monumental task by any means, but uh, you know it was pretty cool to see it working at the end. Took some videos of it. I don't know, maybe we can post that on the website or something like that. Um, yeah, like we're not sweet. we're not used to uh, you know plugging wires together physically. A lot of a lot of the projects we we tend to do are more software based, and it's, oh, totally, it's a yeah. totally different. I mean, it still is awesome when your your little you know web project or whatever works. But when you're physically yeah. plugging stuff together, um, I don't know what it is, but it, it's pretty exhilarating when, when it actually does what you told it to do. I, I think it's the the sheer rush of adrenaline from uh, not knowing whether you're going to be electrically shocked. I think that's what it is. That's definitely a factor. Yeah, because when, when you pulled that random um, phone charger... <laughs> Uh, from, from the back of the room and said, let's cut off the end of this and plug it in. Uh, what a rush. <laughs> what a rush. <laughs> what a rush. Worked first try, too. Yeah, worked for, first try. First, first try. try. All right, uh, you want to take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back. Amazon is a website that will ship you anything you need in life. Literally anything. You can even buy uranium ore and start your own nuclear reactor today. Sign up for an Amazon Prime subscription and get two-day free shipping, access to Prime Video and music streaming services, and 20% off diapers delivered right to your door. You don't even need to take off your pajamas. Sign up for Prime using the link bit.ly forward slash Amazon Knickknack Nerd, which also supports this podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, and we are back. So uh, I guess we should probably go through, Greg, like a little bit more about like uh, maybe some other sensors we've got and, and how much these things actually cost uh, to do these frivolous little projects with. Um, they're not. They're not frivolous. You're right. They had. They definitely have a purpose, and and will benefit humanity in ways we don't even know. Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> we can't even comprehend yet. <laughs> That's right. Um, so to start off, um, so the Raspberry Pi Four, which is like the newest Raspberry Pi, the cheapest one of those right now, just the board only, is fifty Canadian dollars, and the Arduino. Uno, which I got in a kit for sixty dollars, the board only costs seventeen. That's pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap, and you can get a Raspberry Pi Zero, which is like a super lightweight, very tiny one, for ten dollars for just the board only. But with the Raspberry Pis, you also need uh, you need a power supply and a case, um, and then like if you get like the kits for those, that's probably another fifty bucks with all the stuff that comes in the case. So. Right. Probably about a hundred bucks in Canadian uh, for the pie stuff. I think and... that that's that's around what mine was uh, with yeah. the whole kit because I got the the enclosure for it, the the see through plastic box, just so I don't damage it when I'm bringing the retro pie over to friends' places and stuff like that. 
And I think it, yeah. I think I got it for around like ninety bucks. Yeah. So when I buy Raspberry Pis, I always just buy them board only because um, I do have the three D printer. I'll just either grab a file off Thingiverse or or make my own tweaks if I want to, and I'll print up that case for like thirty cents or whatever, and you know, be on my merry way. It's pretty sweet. And then just grab a you know some random. Uh, wall charger from the back you know strip off the the barrel connector on it and and just plug it in right i hope it works listen (laughs) (laughs) only sometimes um now i have like a everyone has that box of old wall warts and stuff and chances are you have one in there um that's gonna work so actually like i just have a i couldn't find them the other day but i have like a box full of like those little barrel connectors you see on like everything um, so that I can wire them up to old power supplies. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I also I, I too have that that giant mishmash of cords and, and adapters and yeah. Kind of a mess. Yeah, stuff now. you just can't bear to, to actually throw out because you never know. I wouldn't say that we're hoarders though. No, I'm uh, not for a certain hoarder. electronic stuff maybe I am. Like I I don't know. For stuff I know where I can take it apart like that. And, and maybe make something weird or fun, I'm keeping it. Like a little little Frankenstein, you know, pulling apart different things. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like I have a whole bunch of random um just like computer parts and weird stuff in the basement. And my wife is probably like, Why why does he have all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Why do you have computer parts and from that's 20, the reason ten years ago? <laughs> the the issue would be if um you look in the basement and you have you know that like off tan color of of computer uh exteriors and like peripherals back in the the 90s yep there's a whole bunch of that in the basement then then you're holding on for it for too long yeah get rid of that case stuff you don't need that just keep the guts yeah you don't need it <laughs> <laughs> the guts is the good stuff <laughs> the good stuff um yeah so I guess so. So I got this Arduino Uno kit. I had never messed around with one before, right? So I was like, "Hey, this will be cool. Me and Greg can can play with electricity and uh, trick it into doing stuff that that we want it to do." So I, I got this kit kit for like sixty bucks, and it came with all this cool stuff in it. So like, there's like a little servo motor. There's a little joystick module, and it's got you can put a little thumbstick on there. It's pretty cool. It's got like a stepper motor. Um, it's got like a, a five volt relay, so a little like electronically controlled switch. It's got that ultrasonic sensor we were talking about. It's got a temperature and humidity sensor, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a bunch of like you know seven segment displays and LCD displays and stuff. Some buttons. Got a couple NAND gates in there. Um, I, I have a really bad relationship with um, LCD displays because remember I was saying uh, in university we had to program the, mm-hmm. the Motorola uh, 68K? Yeah. Making actual digits show up on an LCD display on that thing was horrendous. That is, it not wasn't as easy just, as you think. It, no, it isn't. It's, it's a stupid amount of work just to show like an 8 or a 9 it's not just like set a variable to this and hit dot show there is no or variable dot display no like you have to throw <laughs> registers in and like it, it was down to um 
you know on old school alarm clocks yeah. where every digit that could possibly be displayed is an eight? Yeah, there's because you can make every digit display, out yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you have to go in and program each individual line to light up to make the digit that you want to show. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there's libraries that exist to do this. The sadistic bastards who put together this course said, not only do you need to you know, program quicksort, but you need to be able to show the results on the LCDs and program each individual little line and they're like, ha, to ha, show ha. the result. They thought the like, hard ha, part ha, was ha, the quicksort. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually the LCD display. So, yeah, I have a, a love-hate relationship with that for sure. Mm-hmm. What other kind of stuff was yeah, in there? Yeah, so there's a couple of buzzers. There's an active buzzer and a passive buzzer, and I'm an idiot. I don't know what the difference is between What's those two. I'd have to well, read Well, one's up active, on one's passive. Clearly. Uh, it's got a bunch of resistors, like all the different kinds of resistors you can imagine. It's got them in there. I wonder if it's um, uh, the difference between active and passive speakers. So active wonder, requires a separate power source and passive doesn't. Maybe. Or maybe one is like always on and the other one is always off. Who knows? I don't know. I could easily Google it and know. find out in 10 seconds, but I'm not going to. But I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out later. That's right. I want to do this by trial and error. Um, it's right. got like a tilt ball switch, which is pretty cool. Got a bunch of transistors. That's what they use in... Um, uh, in cars, don't they, to recognize accidents? Isn't it like a, a tilt ball switch like that? Recognize what? Uh, when you have an accident, it's a, isn't it a, a oh, ball yeah, they, that's hooked up to a, a Yeah, magnetic, they probably do. Uh, it's like a poor man's accelerometer. Yeah, yeah and it, it only releases the, the ball to connect the circuit when you you know hit it with enough G-force to dislodge the ball. And then that's when your airbags go off. Yeah, I'm sure that cars now have accelerometers in them. They yeah, must. I have no idea. Probably, uh, anything probably new do. must have it. They have computers in them for yeah. everything else. Why wouldn't they have that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I know for sure that, that old school uh, uh, cars definitely had that. Yeah. I don't know how uh, I know that. Like That but... makes sense to me. That, that would work for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got yeah. a diode rectifier and a little potentiometer. And then a bunch of LEDs. The, 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 oh, and a the diode rectifier is cool, which is pretty cool. You can shine oh, a right. light on it, and it acts like a switch light. The the diode rectifier is cool because that's what's in um, uh, analog guitar amps. And I really want to learn enough electrical engineering where I can build a guitar amp. I think it'll be so cool. Yeah, we'll build something super unsafe. It'll be great. It'll be great. What's the worst that could happen? Ah, your house could catch on fire, or mine. Yep. And then uh, Anto was just showing me he went out and bought um, something called Helping Hands. Oh, yeah. Um, because we, we were soldering uh, over the weekend uh, after a couple beers, and uh, <laughs> Anto was having me hold wires while he, Greg, while he Greg was, was my Helping Hands because anyone that's the... ever soldered anything knows that, like, you got to hold the soldering arm with one hand and then somehow wrangle the wires with your other hand if you don't have any help and and that's impossible yeah. so you have to get some helping hands and and you need to hold on to the solder yeah and the solder like the actual so, like, solder itself right you already need so two you need hands to, be... to hold things at least what's that so, um that indian uh god with uh like eight hands oh it's, i don't know uh, is it ganesh no ganesh is the um uh, uh, I, honest, I don't know i think it's like krishna or something I'll definitely has, say the wrong one hands. or something. I don't know. I have no idea. It's it's uh, Krishna or Vishnu. 
Um, sounds right anyways. to me. It sounds right. Yeah. Guy has eight hands, and he's probably pretty good at soldering. He doesn't need a helping hand. He is helping hands. He, or she. He I don't know. Hands. I don't know even if it's he or I think she. it's a he. Okay, cool. Uh, so what? It, what is the helping hands thing that, that you got? I saw it briefly. It, so it's got this uh, like heavy steel plate so it doesn't tip around and stuff. And it has these like alligator clips that are attached to these like flexible arms. Uh, they look kind of like those ball and socket joint arms you see. Like if you've seen that stuff around at Home Depot or whatever. And you can like twist it yeah. into any configuration. So it's got that stuff and it's attached to a magnet. A really strong magnet on the bottom. So the magnetic onto this um with steel base and uh so you can put things in the alligator clips and they're pretty stiff so they don't move around once you set them so you can put the wires in or you can you know you know use a couple of them to hold a board or something there and the wire or the chip or whatever on there and you, you get soldering in and uh, away you go that's pretty sweet that sounds very handy and much more reliable than uh than me after a couple beers i, I wasn't worried about your reliability i was worried about my dexterity after a couple beers <laughs> to not just swing around a hot soldering yeah iron. To not just like burn yeah. holes in in your thumb that would be bad that's right because <laughs> how how hot does a soldering iron get uh mine is really hot. my cheap soldering iron that i got for seven dollars gets to 550 degrees which is not that hot uh, when you're talking Celsius soldering or irons. fahrenheit uh i have to look i would assume fahrenheit it's probably Probably Fahrenheit, hey? The rating is so small. Yeah, it's Fahrenheit. (laughs) Yeah, Fahrenheit. Yeah, because that's really, really hot. Um, And then some other things that are kind of helpful to have around, um, other than the helping hands, of course. Um, You know, some wire strippers so that um, if you're soldering, you can, um, you know, break the connections and uh, re-strip out the the ends of the wires. Um, And then Anto got these... um, these wire cutter because wire strippers have a little part at the bottom of the, the stripper that uh, is a little cutter. Um, but Anto got these other wire cutters, um, little snippers that taper off at the ends. So you can get really close to, to where you want to cut. Yeah, uh, just a um, pair of flush cut. Oh, Greg, you remember how I said I couldn't find my other wire strippers? Literally yeah, you just found, found them. them. You. Yeah. Are, and are they better than the ones that we got? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess some of the, like, we we started looking up um, when we were trying to make the, the speaker for our theremin louder. We kind of got thrown into reading up about, you know, some different electronics topics. And, and we started learning about transistors um, as a way to... Uh, basically make our speaker louder um so what are some other um topics you you think you know might be kind of interesting to to look at yeah so i guess like after we did this project i I went down um some some youtube rabbit holes on on people that build like electronics things and um alert or some terms came up and i outside of my experience in university hadn't like heard them in a long time and needed a refresher so um one like so obviously, like we talked about resistors, so you need to know about resistors. You need to know about transistors, um, NAND gates. If if you're gonna be doing anything, even like remotely complicated on on the circuit side, you need to have some NAND gates there. And mm-hmm. then you also probably need to look into some kind of 
uh, frequency source or, you know, some sort of like little crystal that can act as uh, like a clock. So there's like little crystals you can buy. They're like 10 megahertz or 5 megahertz or or whatever. And they, they make a pretty good cheap uh, clock to act as like a frequency source for your circuits. All I'm thinking about when you mention the crystals is, um, you know, in Napoleon Dynamite, when they make the time machine and uh, I think it's Napoleon's uncle or something like that. They buy a whole bunch of crystals from oh, some yeah. person to yeah. put in the time machine. Yeah, like and then big put it in glowing legs crystals. Yeah, and it just like zaps their testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these crystals aren't aren't as exciting as that. They, they usually they come in like it looks like they're just little like, uh, little like tuna tins, but like miniaturized <laughs> tuna tins that you plug in. No, I have no idea part. what you're talking about. That's crazy. I'm gonna have to look up uh, a picture of that. That's yeah. pretty cool. We should. Uh, do you have any? I don't in, have any right or, now. I no. Oh, no, let's order some any. crystals on the internet and uh, you know plug some electricity into them. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, you want to take a quick break? Humble Bundle is a video game subscription service that selects a bunch of fun games each month, and you choose which games you want to keep forever. With a subscription, you also get a 20% discount off of thousands of games on the Humble Store. I often find myself browsing Steam not knowing what I want to play, when that time could be better spent trying a handful of good hand-picked games. Sign up for a Humble Choice Basic or Premium subscription using the link bit.ly forward slash humblenerd. Your subscription not only gets you a handful of great video games, but also supports this podcast. Now back to the show. All right, and we're we're back in here. So once you've got like your little project going um, and it works, and yet wires coming out everywhere on your breadboard, um, you're probably thinking, okay, where do I go from here? Like, am I just done with this project, or or do I want to take it a step further? Um, and if your answer is, hey, I want to take it a step further, there's a couple things you can do based on your commitment level to your, to your project. Um, so one is you can get a uh, solderable breadboard. So a little bit more permanent than your your just plastic plug-and-play breadboard. It's basically a grid of holes um, where you can plug all your components and wires into and, and solder everything in there. So it's it'll be physically attached and it, it won't be coming apart at that point. And then you can like probably print yourself a case or something like that if you have the means to do that or, or if you just go down to your local library and do that and they probably have a printer, you can do that too. Um, and if you get even a little bit farther along, um, you can create your own custom PCB very cheaply. Um, even designing the PCB is like pretty straightforward and easy. If you're doing something, you know, even relatively simple, a lot of the software can auto route the, the traces for you, which is kind of cool. I discovered by watching some YouTube videos. Cool. Uh, YouTube's great. You can learn to do anything on YouTube. This is true. Uh, yeah, so you do that. So you can design your little your PCB that fits all your stuff. You can even, like, so the Arduino is, like, meant to be, like, a prototyping tool, right? Um, it's based mm -hmm. on a microcontroller called the AT Mega. So, and they provide the whole spec of everything that's on the board. So you can, like, start your prototype based off of their spec and then just add stuff onto it, like, on the board level and... 
this create create like an all-in-one PCB that you just solder everything onto. Um, so once mm -hmm. you have your PCB design, um, you can. There's a lot of there's a bunch of websites that you can get like five PCBs of your custom design for like five bucks uh, plus shipping. Mm -hmm. uh, but like that's that's pretty good if you if you've got a design that you like and you think it's gonna work and you want to make a couple of them just to see what's going on so you can get that. Um, and then order your little components. And then uh, if you go to components that are large enough for like you personally to solder on, uh, you can definitely go that route. Um, or if you are a little bit more invested and have some money, uh, same guys that do the PCB making offer soldering services. So they'll, they'll solder all your components on there too. If you have like the little, little micro electronics that are like super hard, like where you just don't have the dexterity to be able to solder stuff like that by hand yeah i i would assume it's still pretty cheap though uh that stuff uh because it's more like uh industrial prototyping can actually get pretty expensive oh really yeah obviously the larger size things you get the less expensive it is because right. they don't have to use their super high precision machines on it mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah that, that's good to know um like for finalizing builds and stuff like that um I guess when when we were looking around at um, at at things that we could potentially do, I, I just chugged in into Google um, Arduino projects for beginners and just looked up all the things that we could potentially do. And there's a lot of stuff with um, uh, visual sensors and uh, little microphones and and stuff like that. Craig, hold on. Some cooler I think stuff the funny thing is that we actually didn't do any of those. No, we didn't do any of that. We just like started plugging stuff in and uh you know we just went our own way which was actually pretty cool that's fun so I, I highly recommend doing that if you you know have an idea just go with it totally just start plugging in sensors and uh you know just follow where your mind takes you i think that's pretty cool yeah definitely. um some of the stuff that i did find that i remember sending anto was um using a, an LCD display and uh, it was either a gyroscope or an accelerometer and it would detect when you picked up um, the the board and then it would you know shake the it would be a virtual die basically so you shake it oh, yeah that was it, cool it moves around I like that, that moves was around cool. all the pips and it, it would be like rolling a die and then all the pips would kind of rearrange themselves and pick a number between one and six, which was pretty cool. Oh man, we should make like a D and D version of that for uh, for some D and D stuff. That'd be fun. yeah, that'd be really sweet. Uh, the other thing I found that was kind of cool was a, a secret knock detector. Um, so it uses a microphone, and then uh, basically you pick a pattern um, that that you want to use as your secret knock. And uh, you listen on the microphone, and you detect the kind of the jumps in the the volume of the microphone. And when it meets that pattern, then you can do something with it. Um, so in that case, they programmed a little arm that opened up a door. Um, but Anto has a whole bunch of uh, home automation stuff, so you could do a secret knock beside, uh, like on a wall or something, and it could turn off the lights, which would be could, pretty cool. Something like that. Anto's head is moving like, yes, what What could we do? <laughs> the gears are turning. What weird Wouldn't things that be really can I sweet? make happen? Yeah. Like just putting a, a microphone on a wall and then just doing a secret knock and it, it does something would be really sweet. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Like if only just to like mess with people, 
Exactly. You know, like just just make some things to mess with people in the garage and be like, hey, look at this. And then like they won't know what's going on and you can make yeah. weird things happen. It'll be cool. That'd be really sweet. Um, and then what was the, what was the third one that I found? I found another one that was pretty. Oh, it was the um, fingerprint sensor. So you can get a fingerprint sensor and then you program, um, you know, how to how to read your fingerprint on it and compare it to your fingerprint and it can open up your garage door and you program or sorry, you, you uh, 3d print a little enclosure for it. Um, and it actually sits on your, um, um, entryway to your garage door. And instead of putting in a little keypad code, you just, uh, you know, put your fingerprint on it and it opens up your garage door. I thought that was pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Another thing I found, uh, just looking right now was a chugometer that someone made for uh, St. Patrick's day. So it's a little weight sensor on a coaster and it measures uh, how much you know how much how much beer you have in in the pint glass, and then and then you pick you it measure... up and it does a difference. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. You pick it up and it does a difference, that's and cool. then it has a little um, LCD timer on it. Nice. So it actually times how long it takes you to chug the beer. Oh my <laughs> that god! That was pretty okay. sweet. Next project. <laughs> that's the next one. The chugometer. We got time. Maybe not the next project, but we're making that for St. Patty's Day. Yeah, that one actually doesn't look that complicated, and I think it would be. No, pretty it sounds pretty straightforward. I'm pretty sure we might even be able to do it without even looking at anything. Yeah, and so then we can uh, put in the uh, passive or active buzzer um, when you slam it down, and uh, it makes sure that you don't have any beer left in it. Or and that could be like the. Or it only buzzes if you set a new record. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Have have a little bit of a memory encoded in there. That's that's pretty cool. Um, all right, cool. Um, is there anything else that, that you want to touch on um, about Arduinos or Raspberry Pis or microcontrollers, sensors, anything like that, Anton? I mean, I'm sure there's like so much more about that stuff, um, but I don't know what any of it is. I was about to say, <laughs> do we know about any of that? No, there's like, yeah, like I I we've covered my entire knowledge base basically on on Arduino nice. specifically. Um, hey, well, we were able to talk for about an hour on it. That's pretty good. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call us experts. Experts, armchair absolute experts. experts. Um, all right, so yeah, let's let's close this this, uh, this thing off. Uh, you can find out uh, more about us on nicknacknerd.com. You can write to us at hello at nicknacknerd.com. Um, we're on all the social medias with our handle at nicknacknerd. Exactly what you would expect. Um, you can download and subscribe to this podcast um, using whatever platform you want, wherever you find podcasts, and leave us a review. That that really helps us out. Uh, you can donate to us at patreon.com slash nicknacknerd. Uh, I'm Greg. I'm Anthony. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,